scripture reading for today comes from Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. May God add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the understanding of the Scriptures. I recently heard a story about uh, a dad whose daughter comes home all starry-eyed, and she walks in and she says, I have just met the man of my dreams, and we're getting married here in a few months. And the dad was like, what? Like, come again? We haven't even heard about this guy yet. Like, who, who is he? And his daughter's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's actually coming over tomorrow for dinner, and you'll have an opportunity to you know, get to know all about him. Dad was like, you be- better believe I will, right? And so the dinner comes, and the guy shows up at the house, and the dad asks if he can have a little one-on-one time you know, with him. Can we go back on the porch and, and chat a bit? And so they do. They sit down, and dad's like, well, hey, you know, tell me about yourself. Like, who are you? What do you do, right? What's your job? And the young man says, well, right now, you know, I don't have a job. I don't work anywhere, but, you know, God will provide, right? And the dad's like, huh? Okay, maybe he's like in between careers, right? Uh, cut him some slack. At least he's a person of faith, right? And so he asks him, okay, well, you don't have a job. Do you have any assets? Do you have any savings, right? Do you have any, like, any investment properties? You know, and the guy's like, no, no, don't have any of that. Don't have anything saved up, you know, but God will provide. And then the dad's like, oh boy, he's getting nervous, right? And so he asks, okay, well, well, do you have any dreams? Like, do you have any ambition? Do you have any goals, right? And the guy says, no, I don't have any of those right now. I'm just kind of, you know, taking it one day at a time. But you know what? God will provide. And that was enough for the dad. He's like, oh, I know what this is about. And later at night, he's, he's in bed with his wife. And, you know, she's asking like, well, how did it go? How did the little conversation go? You know, did you, did you learn anything about him? And he said, well, I got some good news and bad news. Bad news is he's got no job, he's got no assets, nothing saved up, and he's got no dreams or ambitions. She's like, well, what's the good news? And he says, well, he thinks I'm God. (laughs) Like that kind of sets up where I want us to go uh, today. I want us to talk today about boundaries, uh, particularly when it comes to relationships. We're in a series uh, called Peopling, and we're talking all things relationships. And today I want to talk about establishing healthy boundaries in our relationships, because in my experience, so much of the turmoil, so much of the conflict or the strife in my relationships, in my peopling, it has to do with a lack of healthy boundaries. Now, we're going to do like a basic introduction, all right, to this topic. If what we uh, get into, if it resonates with you, if you feel like, man, this is something you need to learn more about, then I want to strongly encourage you uh, to pick up this book called Boundaries. 
um, by, by Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend. This sermon is going to be really based on so much of what they share with us in that book. But the book sold millions of copies. It's helped a ton of people. And so again, if this sparks something for you, I, I encourage you, go pick up a copy of the book. Maybe find somebody else or a group of people to read it with. Um, you're going to find that it's, it's a little dated. It's an older book. Um, and so I want to encourage you to be generous, right? Or as we like to say around here, eat the meat and spit out the bones. Because I have found so many of the concepts in this book to be super helpful for me when it comes to navigating some of my relationships. But in their book, they give a great description of what a relational boundary is. Listen to this. It says, boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership. Just as homeowners set physical property lines around their land, we need to set mental, physical, and emotional and spiritual boundaries for our lives to help us distinguish what is our responsibility and what isn't. Right? So, like, do you have a hard time saying no? You know, do you feel like you, uh, you're constantly at your family's beck and call? Maybe there's somebody in your life that you're always bailing out. Right? You always have to show up for them when, they're, when you're in trouble. There's somebody who's taking advantage of you. These are all boundary issues. Now, I think it's really helpful to frame this conversation about boundaries in terms of what I like to call our say-so. Right? So I, I, I usually start in the book of Genesis. The creation stories in Genesis 1 and 2, they're really helpful for me. They give me a place to start from. And these stories are full of so much wisdom. But uh, in Genesis chapter 1... Without a doubt, human beings are like the climax of the whole creative effort by God. They're like the pinnacle, right? And there's even this sort of divine counsel that God sort of comes together in like, like this huddle and when it comes to creating human beings. And here's how Genesis describes it. Verse 27 says, says, So God created humankind in God's own image. In the image of God, they were created. Male and female, God created them. The word for create here, you notice it gets repeated three times, right, in one verse. But in the Hebrew, it's this word bara, and it doesn't get used anywhere else in chapter one, just right here, and it gets used three times in a row. But it's this big, explosive, kind of electric word that's usually just used to describe something that God uniquely creates. And so the picture here in this verse is of God taking these, these human beings and like infusing them, pumping them full of this creative power, right? This, this sort of God-given ability to shape the world. And then once God creates human beings, God gives them a job. God gives them responsibility. He says to them, you see all of this? Rule over it. Have dominion over it. Shape it and guide it to its fullest potential. See, I think this is what it means to be made in the image of God. It means that we have the God-given ability to govern our lives and to shape the world around us. I like to put it this way, that God has given us say-so. God has given us a certain amount of authority, and God has certainly given us responsibility. And this is foundational when it comes to boundaries in our relationships. Essentially, setting up healthy boundaries, it's about taking responsibility for our lives. You see, unhealthy boundaries are not first and foremost a them problem, but they're first, th first and foremost an us problem. You know, we, we tend to think that boundaries are about how we're going to get those people to stop doing all of the bad things that they're doing. That's not how this works. 
See, establishing boundaries is about us deciding what we are going to do or not do anymore. Dr. Henry Cloud in his book, Boundaries, tells a story about these two parents that come to see them about their 25-year-old son. Of course, they wanted you know, the doctor to fix, to fix their son. But when Dr. Cloud asked like the parents, where, where is your son? Why is he not here? And they said, well, he didn't want to come to counseling because he doesn't think that he actually has a problem. To which Dr. Cloud said, well, maybe he's right. <laughs> of course, they weren't expecting him you know, to say that. They're a little surprised about it. But he then began to ask them, like, tell me a little bit about what's going on. Give me an idea of the, of the situation here. And they went on to share how their son had struggled to find a stride from a young age. He developed a drug problem and he struggled to stay in school or to hold down a job. The parents worked really hard to sort of give him everything that he would need. They supported him financially. They worked hard to, you know, get him uh, back in school whenever he would get suspended or kicked out or dropped out. Um, they would just do everything they had to do in order to help him get into another school. And after they sort of shared all of this with, with Dr. Cloud, he spoke up and he said, you know what? I think your son is right. He doesn't have a problem. You do. And the parents were like, come again? Right? They sort of shocked to hear him say this. But Dr. Clyde went on to explain. Here's what he said to them. He says, he doesn't have a problem. You do. He can pretty much do whatever he wants. No problem. You pay. You fret. You worry. You plan. You exert energy to keep him going. He doesn't have a problem because you've taken it from him. He is irresponsible and happy, and you are irresponsible and miserable. Those things should be his problem, but as it now stands, they are yours. And I love this question. He goes, would you like me to help you help him to have some problems? <laughs> you see, boundaries are essentially about us taking responsibility for our lives, and it's also about us being willing to let other people take responsibility for theirs. This passage from Galatians that I just read to you a little while, it is chock full of so much wisdom of what it looks like to sort of wade through all of this and begin to put down some healthy boundaries in our lives. So I just want to walk back through it and just see what there is for us. The first thing that we can learn from this passage is that boundaries aren't walls. Boundaries are not walls. The passage begins with this, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. So think about this. The context for this passage has everything to do with navigating some sort of relational conflict, right? Paul, who's the author of Galatians, is offering some wisdom on, on how to come around somebody who has been confronted over something uh, that's sort of off in their life, something they're caught up in that is sort of unhealthy, right? This is easy for us to miss, but we can't because I think it's so important. One of the assumptions that this passage makes is that you and I are in the kind of relationships where we can actually do that sort of thing, you know, where we have been given permission to speak into each other's lives, where there is this deep sense of trust that we really want what is best for one another, and because of that, we have a humble confidence that we can speak up when we see something that's off. And we also have the humility to allow other people to do that for us. Wow. I mean, is that something that you have? Do you have those kind of relationships with other people? I mean, I found it to be very rare. But you see, boundaries are not walls. Some of us get really excited, right? 
when we start talking about boundaries because we think what's going to happen is we're going to get a whole bunch of advice on how to just sort of keep everybody out. But that's not what this is about. The expectation from this passage and countless others all throughout the scriptures is that you and I are in relationships that are founded on a strong sense of vulnerability. Where we have the courage to let people in, where we ask for help, where we can lean on one another to help us and when life gets really heavy. So some of us, I'm going to be honest, we're way too guarded. And when we turn our boundaries into walls, then often what happens is we keep the bad stuff in and we keep the good stuff out. Right? We all have things in our lives, call it baggage, right? call it whatever you want, but we're going to need help from other people to help us unpack it. At the same time, we need people in our lives that we know are going to call us to be, to be our best, right? who are going to encourage us to be and to do more, who are going to push us to live into the kind of people that God has called us to be. And what I know is that in any meaningful relationship, we're going to be uncomfortable, Right? We're going to be inconvenienced. It's going to get messy. And often I have found that it is right there in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the discomfort and the inconvenience that God really does some of God's best work. And so some of us, man, what we need to be doing right now is we need to be knocking down some of our walls, don't we? Because boundaries are not walls. Let's go back to Genesis chapter, or Galatians, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 6. You know, one of the things that I noticed about this passage is that it calls us to live at such a high level of self-awareness. I mean, two times in that passage that I read, Paul warns us about deceiving ourselves. And in verse 4, he says this, Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Maybe I'll say it this way. Uh, boundaries work both ways. right? Often, when there's some sort of relational conflict or discomfort in our lives, we have this bad habit of only looking like looking to the other side of the street, right? On focusing on what the other person is doing or not doing that's creating all of the drama. And so we struggle to really be honest with ourselves about our role in all of it. And I know for me, this often has a lot to do with my expectations. And we talked about this a lot last week, but I think it's worth repeating. Like when I look back, a lot of the time when I find myself sort of bent out of shape over something in a relationship, there's some sort of conflict, right? My expectations are usually a big part of the problem. Like I am putting some sort of unfair expectation on somebody. I'm asking them to meet a need for me that only God can meet. You know, and so more than anything else that really influences how we respond to other people's boundaries with us. Right. When we when we often what often happens is when somebody sort of tells us no or somebody puts up some sort of boundary and we can get really bent out of shape over that. Am I right? But man, it's like if we're doing our work, right, if we're doing our work and we're trying to find our life and our our sense of worth from God, then what we are able to do is we're able to sort of step back, not take it so personally and give people some of the space that they need, right? So, so really, you know, boundaries work both ways. Yes, we need boundaries to other people, but at the same time, we're going to have to respect other people's boundaries. And that's going to take a whole lot of self-awareness and introspection when we find ourselves kind of getting bent out of shape over that. But ultimately, you know, if I had to say it as succinctly as possible, 
ultimately healthy boundaries are about us staying in our lane. In verse 2, Paul tells us that we are called to help one another, help one another with their burdens, right? But then in verse 5, Paul balances this out by saying each one should carry their own load. See, burdens and loads, they're not the same thing. They're different. The call here is for us to help with burdens, but the expectation is that we're all carrying our own loads. Burdens are those difficulties in life that are just way too heavy for us to carry on our own. You know, there are things like unexpected tragedies, overwhelming life circumstances that we don't have the resources to sort of deal with by ourselves. We're called and expected to help one another with these burdens. But, car- but that word for load is a little different. It's actually, uh, it's literally translated as like cargo. Uh, and it's talking about sort of the, the weight and responsibility of like everyday life, sort of the responsibilities that everybody has, you know, when it comes to being a healthy human and living a healthy life. Things can get messy relationally when we start confusing our burdens and our loads, when all that gets mixed up. And staying in our lane is about not expecting other people to take responsibility for our lives. And it's about us not assuming too much responsibility for theirs. And so just come on, let's just think about this for a second. What does this look like for you? Some of the ways this can sort of flesh itself out, right? Maybe there's someone in your life who seems to think you are responsible for their financial situation, right? They expect you to constantly bail them out when they're in a tight spot. Or or maybe there's somebody for you uh, who seems to think you're responsible for their emotional health. It's like you're supposed to make sure that they feel happy all the time. Or, or, or perhaps you have that friend who only seems to reach out when they're in trouble, like when their life's a mess and they need some advice and they need some, need some help. It's like they're, they're nowhere to be found until things get hard and then they expect you to drop everything and to sort of be like available for them. Or maybe you have that family member who just knows how to push your buttons, right? They know how to manipulate you uh, with guilt in order to get what they want. Like you ever, you ever heard the, uh, somebody says, I'm not, I'm not mad, I'm just hurt, right? That's so manipulative. All of this dysfunction is the result of people not staying in their lane. And it's also about us perpetuating the, the dysfunction by not staying in ours. This passage uh, from Galatians chapter 6 finishes by reminding us that a person reaps what they sow. This, this is a sort of law that God is like just woven into the universe, right? That people reap what they sow, that actions often carry consequences. It's a law. It's not necessarily, it's not personal, and it's not even necessarily good or bad. It's just, just kind of is. Like there are consequences for actions, right? But here's the thing about reaping and sowing, is that it can be interrupted. People can step in and actually reap the consequences for other people, right? This is often what is referred to as codependency. Codependency is when we jump in and we reap what other people have sown. And, and the tricky thing about codependency is that it tells us that what we're doing is loving. You know, it's like, isn't this what it means to be, you know, a good Christian, right? We're supposed to sacrifice and serve for each other, right? How many of you have wrestled with this, right, when it comes to difficult people in your life? In fact, in the book Boundaries by Dr. Townsend and Dr. Cloud, they say that this is the number one lie we believe when it comes to setting and staying to certain boundaries. We think that we're being selfish, right? That we're doing something wrong, hurtful by putting boundaries in place with other people. But here's my question. Here's the question. 
is our willingness and commitment to, to keep them from reaping what they're sowing, is it really helping them? Is it really helping them? I mean, are they truly better off because we won't stay in our lane? You see, this question is so helpful and it is key for us when it comes to dealing with our codependence because we think often what we're doing is the loving thing by bailing them out, by caving into them. But when I get quiet, and I bet when you get quiet and we get honest, what we find is that it's not really about loving them, but it's actually more about me protecting myself. It's not that I really want to do what is best for them. It's that I don't want to go through the uncomfortable experience of putting down some boundaries with them. You see, in our unwillingness to stay in our lane, our tendency to assume too much responsibility, the question that that begs is, what are we keeping them from? Like, are we keeping them from a learning experience? Are we keeping them from what they need most, a growth opportunity? And so that, that is one of the hardest things we have to come to terms with, is that codependency is really an act of self-preservation. Uh, We're trying to avoid something. We're really not being as selfless as we think we are. I mean, the most loving thing we can do for some people sometimes is let them bear the weight of their choices and feel those consequences. You know, so I want to finish offering just a couple practical thoughts uh, that I found to be helpful when it comes to, to really establishing some boundaries. The first one is this. Boundaries have to be clear. What I mean is they have to be communicated, right? So I like thinking about it in terms of those rumble strips people put down on the roads. You know what I'm talking about? They go by all sorts of different names. Uh, some people call them sleeper lines or sleepy bumps, wake-up calls, growlers, right? Drift lines, or I like to call them wookie strips, wookie strips. I'll be driving with the kids and be like, hey, you want to know what a wookie sounds like? And I'll pull over, you know, they don't even know what a wookie is, but they think that's uh, hilarious. But the reason that these strips work is because they're loud, right? A double yellow line is not going to get your attention if you're about to fall asleep, right? If you're veering out of your lane, but something that sounds like a wookie and that will like shake your insides, that will get your attention, right? So boundaries have to be clearly communicated. They have to be loud. People cannot respect something that they don't know about, right? And so sadly, what often happens, instead of saying what needs to be said, instead of speaking up and, and putting down some boundaries, what we do is we just stay quiet about it and we just sort of like let it just all sort of happen. And what ends up happening is this resentment and this bitterness just sort of sink, sits beneath the surface. And so it's like we choose resentment over just being uncomfortable for a time, right? Yeah, that conversation is going to be hard, but you know what's worse than that? Resentment and bitterness. It just sort of stews there. And so we're going to have to speak up. We're going to have to say no. We're going to have to tell people how their actions are hurting us. And we're going to have to say what needs to be said about how their constant irresponsibility affects us in all sorts of ways. We've got to speak up. We've got to communicate. But even more than this, this is the second little piece of advice that's been helpful for me, is that boundaries aren't just about confrontation, but they have to carry with them consequence. Boundaries have to be clear and they have to be consequenced. You see, confronting an unhealthy person is not painful to them. They like the confrontation. You know, they, they love getting all fired up. That's not going to hurt them, right? But consequences, those sting a bit. 
right? So some of us need to hear this because what I know is that we're tired. We're tired of having the same conversations. We're tired of burning up uh, and wasting energy on the same fights and arguments. Instead, instead of spending all that energy trying to convince them to see it our way, what we got to start thinking about instead are consequences. The only thing we can control isn't them, right? Boundaries are not about us getting them to do anything. Boundaries are about us deciding what we are going to do or not do based on their behavior. It's about our actions and our emotions, not theirs. So here's what this might look like, right? A clearly commuted boundary might, might be something like this. When you make bad financial decisions, I am not going to bail you out anymore, right? Or, or when you use me as a verbal punching bag, I'm going to cut off communication. We're not going to talk for a while, right? Or when you try and control me with things like guilt, or you, I feel like you're holding me responsible for your happiness, then we're not going to spend as much time together. Those are consequences, right? Consequences are, I'm not going to help you financially. I'm not going to talk to you as often. I'm not going to be, they're clearly communicated consequences. And this isn't about, it's not about us getting back at them. This isn't about revenge or retribution. This is about us refusing to allow the dysfunction to keep all the parties involved miserable. And so let's just sit, sit with this for a second. Just think back through what we heard, what we talked about. You know, boundaries are about stepping into our say-so, right? It's about taking responsibility uh, for our lives. And so here's my question. Is there some conflict or issue in your life that you need to take responsibility for? That you need to recognize that you have just as much to do with this as anybody else? Remember, it's not first and foremost a them problem. It's an, it's an us problem, right? In the same time, boundaries are about us staying in our lane. So let's just ask the question. Is there, is there somebody's life that you are taking too much responsibility for? Are you owning too much? Are you stepping in and getting in the way of them reaping uh, their consequences? And so here's my question. What are you keeping them from in doing that? Right? How are you hurting them? What's the growth opportunity, the learning opportunity that you might be preventing them from, from having? Or perhaps, and this is, this is the tough one, right? Perhaps, maybe you're expecting someone else to take too much responsibility for, for your own life. So what I want you to do is I want you to listen to the blame. Listen to your blame. Listen to the words that come out of your mouth as it relates to blame and really pay attention to the conversations you have up in your head Whenever you start to hear yourself throwing around blame, ask a simple question, am I taking responsibility for my life? You know, finally, we have to make some noise, right, when it comes to this. The the silent treatment is not putting down boundaries. Ghosting people is not putting down boundaries. If that's your MO, like whenever things get sticky and complicated, is just to sort of like shut down and run away, I'm going to tell you right now, that's what you're going to do the rest of your life. You're never going to have any deep relationships, any, any real connection with people. I mean, the fact that this book, Boundaries, has sold millions of copies is a sign that this is a normal problem for people to have in their relationships. And so we can't avoid it. we got to enter into it. And we have to have conversations where we clearly communicate our boundaries, what we're willing to do or not do, right, based on a certain behavior. And we have to name consequences. It's the only way we get anywhere with any of this. So sit with that this week. Sort of wrestle with it uh, and see what comes about. But I'd love to pray for us right now. God, we thank you so much for the wisdom that we have that you offer to us in the scriptures. 
I just pray for anybody who's um, maybe listening. We're just barely scratching the surface when it comes to some of the, uh, the ways we have to enter into some of the more complicated relationships. Um, and so Lord, I pray that if somebody's watching this and they're feeling sort of stirred up about this, Lord, that you begin to, to point them in the right direction. Give them an idea of what the next right thing is to do and then give them the courage to follow through on that. Maybe it's reaching out for help. It's maybe talking to a counselor or a therapist about how to work through some stuff. Or maybe it's picking up a book and reading. It's more learning. Whatever it is, Lord, help us not to just forget about it. Help us to do something with it. But more than anything, continue to make us better, make us new, make us more like Jesus. It's in His name that we pray. Amen. Church, thanks again for tuning in. We'd love for you to share this with your friends by clicking the share button. And again, if you'd like to contribute to what God is doing here, you can do so by clicking that link down in the chat. Thanks for watching. We'll see you in person next week. Amen.